This is the second episode of 2019, and within this new interview, we happen to talk with Patrick Boyer Jr., an FX artist who created an An eight-foot Krampus. everybody this is already the start of the new year and guess what whole new interview yay congratulations 2019 would given us already two interviews hooray it's already uh, almost like last year we had two interviews right off the back remember that tessa yes i do yeah speaking of which i'm also here with the lovely fiance tessa baker here say hello hello everybody and tonight we got some cool people one of us has actually just joined the Everything Horror family, and she is part of her own, uh, I guess I'm going to have her like correct me if I get this wrong, but I'm going to say company or business, really, and uh, maybe hobby. Anyway, I'll let her answer that, but please welcome to the Everything Horror family, Katie Kenworthy. Hi, Katie. Hi, all. So, the After Midnight FX, that's what, your company, right? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, just what I do as a a hobby. Um, But, yeah, I do a lot of different things with, you know, costuming and and creating different types of things, special effects stuff. So, um, yeah, it's my passion and in creating. Very cool. Yeah, I just didn't want to, like, bombshell that and, like, completely throw it in the mud because I was just like, oh, boy, here we go. Been, like, almost two years since we talked with Katie, which, by the way, if you guys haven't heard that interview with the lovely Katie here, you need to go back and listen to it. Trust me. Very cool insights, especially since... Worth a listen. Yes, especially since Katie and I first met during the Dead Static days. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about anything else except for who we are interviewing. And that is Patrick Boyer, who does a special effect thing. But anyway, yes. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Paul. Hey, Tessa. Hey, Katie. How are you? Good. How are you? Greetings and salutations. I'm battling cold, but good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, going around. I'm really well. I'm over here. Uh, very excited to be creating and just uh, meeting new people. And thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's first time. I've been doing uh, the effects, you know, for about four years, I guess, acting and effects stuff. So, and this is the first time that I've had an opportunity like this. So thank you very much. You are so welcome, Patrick. And you shouldn't really be thinking us. You should actually be thinking Katie over here because she's the one that put me and Tessa in a Facebook group and pretty much just said, you guys listen here. You guys put this guy on your show now. 
because he is a good friend of mine. And no, that's not really how it went down. But it was just like, <laughs> it was just like, you know, maybe I feel like he should join your show. Do you think you should? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Just get a hold of Patrick and uh, we'll go from there. And here you are, Patrick. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you uh, for everybody. You know, thanks, Katie. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, was, ahead, it, it had to happen. It had to happen. So, you know, um, Patrick's love of special effects and creating creatures and stuff, um, you know, we needed some more of that kind of kind of talk. So, oh yeah, definitely, we definitely needed more of it. But yeah, creatures, definitely happy to introduce you What's that, Patrick? I was just saying, the creatures uh, fabricating the creatures for TV and film. It's like uh, it's where I want to go. You know, it's what I want to do. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, it's like. Katie's basement, you know, it's like her monster room that she has, something like that, and like where all these weird creatures get made and developed and everything else. I mean, uh, it's just it's cool, and I mean, I don't know what your area looks like, Patrick. So I can't really say if you got like a like a basement cave or something, but I mean, but speaking of which, you guys met at a, um, some sort of uh, program or something. And so, Katie, if you wouldn't mind talking to Patrick about it, uh, of how you guys met up and talked about that, uh, the university thing that uh, Patrick was just mentioning, because now I'm drawing a brain fart already on the uh, first part of it. But yeah, so Katie, if you wouldn't mind talking with Patrick. Absolutely. And Patrick, yeah. Absolutely. So Patrick and I met um, at um, RJ Hattie's uh, FX University um, probably well, almost two years ago now, um, where we were taking a course on building creatures and learning new things. And um, we were the crazy kids in the class and had a lot of fun uh, doing a lot of crazy stuff, right, Patrick? I mean, from life casting and applying makeup uh they hammered us they hammered us for five days it was it was almost like being on the show you know it was uh 12 14 hour days of everything we did some airbrush we did some hair laying we did the life casting we did uh golly sculpting and molding dental uh we did all that in like five days it was i left with a headache <laughs> but it was a good headache yes it was, it was, yeah, and it was, it was, um, so it was the whole, like, face, it was a, a bunch of uh, different artists from um, Face Off, and um, just teaching us a bunch of stuff, so it was, like Patrick said, like being on Face Off, because we had only so many t days to fit in all of this different stuff, um, so it was really intense. Definitely. So what was like the the idea of this? Like just to go and learn, or was it actually to like make projects for for films or something? Uh, we I think it was mostly to learn the techniques that we can then apply for you know to whatever, whether it be cosplay or convention type stuff or TV. Not everybody has the good fortune of working in TV and film, 
knock on wood, I'm very thankful. Uh, and a lot of folks just do it for cosplay and convention, which I swear I got my start was doing a lot of things for conventions, um, you know, just winning contests and stuff. That's that's pretty pretty good. And five days, holy crap! Yeah, no wonder why you're going with a headache. Do you even remember all of it? I mean, yes uh, and no. Yes and no. I mean, I, I've applied a lot of it since. Uh, I mean, I've I've made I've made a ton of things since I left mm-hmm. the class. Um, and I know Katie has has also. So. Uh, you know, plus we also have each other. If we don't remember, we can kind of call. I know I could call Katie and be like, "Hey, how the hell did we do that?" Even two years later, and, and together we could figure it out. But uh, you know, I've been I bought the uh, supplies to do the dental work, so I've still been making. I made uh, dental acrylic for my werewolf. Um, so it's a matter of staying uh, current and continue to work with the products. You know what I mean? It's once you if you get it and you work with it, then it kind of sticks with you. Yeah, and having that connection, like you said, Patrick, you know, really like having that network of people to be like, hey, you know what, like to bounce like, you know, what you're doing off from each other and like, I can't remember how to do this or, or, you know, hey, do you have any uh, insight or, you know, um, or suggestions on how I can do this or how I can do this better. So that was really amazing um, about that talk too is like, you know, having this connection now you know, with Patrick to be like, Hey, what's up? How do I, how do I do this? Or how can I make this better or, or whatever? So that's, 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 um, as well, that came out of that class, not only the learning, but the network, um, that you build from, you know, um, doing these things with people. Oh yeah. yeah. Lauren, Lauren Klein and I even worked on a project ghost cop Two that's on the festival circuit now winning all kinds of awards. Uh, and that's where we had met also. So, yeah, it's about the network. Excellent. Uh, exactly. Did I hear that right? Wolf Cop 2? No, Ghost Cop 2. Ghost Cop. Okay. I'm like, I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> uh, Paul, I'll send you a link uh, after the afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely now interested in this because I know there's that Wolf Cop one and then Ghost Cop. Hmm, okay. That's new to me. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Wolf Cop, but it's yeah. good. It's lots of awards. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely would love to check that out. Absolutely. But yeah. Um. So while you guys were there, what was like your favorite technique that you both learned, or do you have like any type of favorite that you learned? Katie. Oh wow! Well, it was all really, you know, um, just everything that we were learning was so valuable. It's really hard to put a, you know, a, a, a label on what was my favorite, you know, I mean, part, I guess I would say was life casting, right, Patrick? <laughs> my face caster, like, I'm getting ready to do something with it now here. Well, soon I made my face in latex and I have eyes and crazy stuff, but yeah, my face turned out amazing. But, you know, I mean, that's the scary thing. You're going into this class. And you don't know these people, you know, we didn't know each other and you have to have, you have to have this trust. Like, you know, when, when someone's putting, you know, all this stuff on your face to do a life cast and you don't know each other and it's like, whoa, okay, this is, this is kind of intense. Um, but yeah. it was really cool. It was trust building, right, Pat? <laughs> sure. 
and it wasn't my first time. I'm pretty sure it wasn't your first time either. But uh, you know, some folks it is, and it gets like it could be scary. Right. Well, I think it was. It was that was my first time. Oh gosh, they stuck with you. Yeah, I tried not to. I didn't. I didn't put that out there. You know. (laughs) Oh! Oh my goodness! Oh geez. But that was really intense. But no, every every was really cool, and um, you know, and and bringing the creatures to life, and you know, it was it was just really spectacular. I would. I'd have to say it was the learning of, of, of the molding, you know, the steps of molding your teeth and then the negative and then the positive and then the sculpt, and then you got to mold it again. And then the products that are used that I would say that's the most, uh, because, because immersion in a character, you know, you people, you do the makeup and then you can do the contacts and then the teeth. And then, and then once you get into those layers, that's when uh, things start to come alive. So for me, um, learning, the uh, the dental, you know, casting the teeth and then um, mold, get back and forth, casting, molding, casting, molding, casting, molding until you get an exact uh, replica of something that fits on the individual's, you know, dental structure perfectly. That's what was that's what was most impressive to me. Well, yeah. right, and that whole that whole process of of bringing a creature to life, you know. Yeah. Like is is really just an amazing, you know, process. Yeah, and when I don't remember the artist's name, but one of the instructors, when they put them, they did the burnt werewolf. I uh, mean, and they had we had built everything. They had made the prosthetics. They had airbrushed. Uh, they had, uh, and then they laid the hair, which was another technique, which, which is one of my favorite techniques is hair laying. Um, but the werewolf that the actual uh, instructors made was blowing my mind. It was complete immersion uh, as far as I'm concerned. It was really amazing. Hmm. Now, Katie, is this, was, this was the same exact place where I saw those pictures of yours for the uh, Nosferatu teeth, right? No, but that, that was um, the same artist. So Tyler Green um, had done the dental part of the um, FX class that Pat and I took. Ah, ah, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Tessa, is there anything that you'd like to ask about the university classes that they took for five days? Or do you think they pretty much... I think they pretty well covered it, unless there's anything else they can think of to add about their experience. I mean, that's all I can really suggest. Yeah, do you guys have anything else? I mean, only that I was very, very thankful, and the things that I learned, uh, you know, that week definitely made my my Krampus sculpt in particular uh, over more over the top. You know, I was doing it, but some of the direct uh, hints and guidelines that they provided definitely made my work since then way better. That's always good to hear. Like, it's always good to go in and then when you come out of some like a class or really anything where you can like learn to enhance your abilities or skills, I should say in this case, and then you go home and you actually notice that your own stuff, even afterwards, and even two years down the road, like you, Pat and Katie, uh, I mean, it shows. And maybe now you guys probably have found a new technique to help you guys even 
out faster or even better from just learning from the uh, university program. Totally. Well, yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things we learned too, right, um, Patrick, is that, you know, really, like, every project is different, and I'll always stress that. Like, something will go wrong, something will be, or something will be different. You could go through the same process a hundred times, but something might be different, just just even a little bit, and just how to adapt and kind of overcome, you know, whatever that challenge, you know. Um, sometimes temperature is a factor in, in what you're doing or, you know, things like that. So all those little things, it's, it's always changing. Oh yeah. The worst part of the program, that's the part, another part they crammed in. The worst part of that program for me was the foam. I don't like, I like to apply foam and color foam, but I don't think I'll ever try and make foam. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's all, about the temperature and the humidity, it's too fiddly for me. It's yeah, it's very it's it's like baking. It's almost it's, it's an exact science. So it's like baking. Like everything has to be a certain temperature and a certain humidity and blah blah blah, which makes it very 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 challenging. Man, at that rate, you just might as well get a uh, greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Patrick, since this is your first time being here, and people like Tessa and I, even though you know Katie here, but for people like us and um, whoever's listening, can you give us a little origin story of what got you into uh, the horror genre that made you want to start doing some special effects? Absolutely, Paul. Thank you. Um <clears throat> It was totally my mom, you know. When we were younger, I was probably introduced to Exorcist and Poltergeist way too early. She was always a huge uh, Stephen King fan of reading the books, and there was books and everywhere. And she was also an artist herself, making our Halloween costumes from, like, uh, I don't know, I don't, I have the earliest memories. I'm gonna go dig through the photos, but she would sew. She was a seamstress, had all kind of crafty skills, and she would create like I was Fu Manchu once um that my mom sewed together and uh and then I was a pumpkin once that my mom and my dad fabricated out of uh, chicken wire and they laid they laid um uh paper mache over it and then we painted it together and I was a pumpkin uh so there was all these cool things there were bears that my mom made that the bellies were actually where we stored our candy and the whole family had we were a family of bears and the bellies were the bags for the candy and you know this is 30 years ago um and i grew up in the 80s well i guess i grew up in the 70s but i really was conscious in the 80s of uh, practical effects and movies uh time bandits uh leprechaun um geez i i i'm a, I'm a not so much of a slasher guy as i am a fantasy horror creature guy uh I'm, i like i like uh a lot of 80s practical effects so to, to loop back it was my mom and her and her skills and her introducing me to horror and getting us excited for Halloween. Um, and uh, that was basically where my love for all this came from. And then, and then, it, and then Paul, 
it was also that I, I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see. Here we are in 20, 2019. I've been doing the things, you know, professionally for, for four years. Um, I, did, I wasn't seeing anything that I wanted to see. So I decided to build it for myself. Wow. wow. I love that. Yeah, I don't I don't even think anybody's going to ever top an origin story like that cuz that just that's just amazing to hear. Like like your mom doing all the fabrication and I mean that's just that's just incredible. I mean, like Katie said, it's, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I was great. I loved it, man. She's passed away now. Uh but but she was great and uh that's that's totally it. I can't really think of I mean, I've probably traumatized watching the exorcist. But, but uh, you know, it, it turned out okay, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Hey, we think. An, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, Patrick, it, it makes you feel better. I mean, I was probably seven or eight years old, and I, uh, you know, snuck out of my bed and went downstairs and back at my old house back then, like, where the living room was, it kind of connected to the kitchen. But, like, the way the walls were, it kind of acted like a door in, a, in, like, a really weird way. That's, like, the best way I can describe it. But anyway, okay. you know, I, can, I could, like, poke my head around this, like, you could say door frame, even though it was a wall. But this wall, and I was watching Bram, Stroke, Bram Stroker Dracula <laughs> for, like, okay. 10 minutes. Okay. So it was that the scene with with the uh, werewolf with the lady on the table getting uh, whatever what was going on like you know at the time I'm like whoa like what is this like I don't even know if I should be watching this but I'm just gonna watch this and see what's up with this and then you know and then I'm just like I think I've seen too much so I'm gonna go to bed so uh, <laughs> so I think that was the first ever time i kind of felt traumatized by a movie but i mean i still love ram stroker dracula to this day but it's just kind of like you i survived it <laughs> yeah but, we're, uh, we're, we're adjusted adults well-adjusted adults <laughs> yeah i would say so i mean i mean i don't know about you but normal people scare me so i mean yes but um one thing I want to say to you real quick is may your mom rest in peace. She sounds like a really nice lady. And I mean, if she did all that for you when you were younger, I mean, I give her props too. So yeah, she sounds like she was a fantastic lady. Yes. Yeah. She was cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's where it came from. That's awesome. Um, so funny enough, you did answer the first question there, Patrick. So I'm going to skip over. And from your memory, what would your first FX makeup that you have ever created? Um, um, well, um, think. boy, that's hard. We're good at it. It is a hard one. <laughs> if you're talking about something I created from scratch, that's one thing. If you're talking about something that I'm proud of that I had purchased and and done some things, it was like '99, where I was first starting to apply prosthetics, uh, and I had I had secured uh, contact lenses. Even then, um, I had done a zombie. I had gotten a prosthetic from Scream Team 
And I, even then, I think it was like $300 to get a prescription for contact lenses then, theatrical lenses. And the, the prosthetic was like a hundred bucks. And then I got a suit and I actually met uh, Bruce Campbell at a convention um, dressed as a zombie. And, and uh, he signed a, a photo of me and him as the zombie and all this great. It was one of, one of my favorite memories where I had done, a, I had done an application of a, of a makeup professionally and it was seen and recognized. So that was like 99. I had, I had been doing other things before then, but it was like for yard, my yard haunt. Um, right. I did a, I did a mummy, uh, all back through like 95 and 98, I was doing classic monsters, uh, werewolf or excuse me. I hadn't, I hadn't, pro hadn't progressed to werewolf yet. It was the mummy. I was, I did a Frankenstein and, uh, and then this zombie, where I had, I had purchased components and then compiled everything. So it was right, right. It was probably that 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 mummy or the zombie between like like uh, you know ninety eight and two thousand, where I was starting to hone my foam application skills that I'm most proud of. That that I could say that I was an, a makeup artist. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. And I was doing wow. all that. The cons, you know, I, I'm an IT guy because uh, telecommunications and information technology, and I was investing, you know, three, four hundred dollars in a costume, five hundred dollars in a costume, uh, just to go to cons, and I did that for, you know, um, many years, probably ten years, eleven years, and then I decided I, I need, I'm going to transform this into something other than wearing a costume to win costume contests. So from there, it progressed into independent film. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, like the amount of hours it takes, like, you know, cosplay or, or otherwise, you know, from creating and designing into getting into the character and, and you know, developing the heart and soul of that creature from beginning to end. Yes. You, you know, I, and, and what is your favorite part of that process? Me? And that's oh, a hard man. one for me, cause I. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite part of the process? I mean, I hate every bit of it. I, it's a torture, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm compelled most days to do it, even when I don't want to. Until you get it on, right? And I mean, is that you know when you're like, yes, this is it. Like it's yeah. that Frankenstein moment. It's that Frankenstein moment. I think, as sure. uh, Dick Smith put it, you know, where I'm. Wow from beginning to end and now I'm the creature and this is it. And I, and then that acting of the creature, I mean, cause you kind of got to nail that too. Yes. It's a whole body thing. It's definitely a whole body thing um, to, to kind of, you know, persuade the crowd that it's authentic and not just a costume. Exactly. Mm. Man. Well, first of all, I'm pretty jelly about that Bruce Campbell thing. Cause he, he's like a really good actor, and I just love him in his uh, Evil Dead. And I have yet to really see him in the Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yes, I know I'm slacking. I understand. So I'm so sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, so kind of to 
carry on of what Katie were talking about when with the whole performing the creature and kind of thing. Like, so how would you, Patrick, get yourself into the mindset of a creature? Uh, well, the first thing that you want to think of is to not move like a human. Um, if you move at all like a human, you totally just forget about it. Because I've seen photos where I haven't bothered to, to take a stance or whatever in one of the costumes. Um, so you have to think if you're being looked at in the, and you're in the character to always articulate your body in such a way that it's you're not just standing. You're not just you're always coming up with uh, your shoulders are higher and your back is arched and your legs are like you're standing on a horse, those type of things that that's um that's the immersion part of it, you know, and once once you get it on, no matter what it is, it's pretty, pretty easy to become immersed. Katie, how about you? Well, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, um, it definitely does take some, like you said, you know, like, that creature moves. Like, how is this creature, like, thinking about how is this creature moves, not like a human? You know, um, and really, it's a lot of physical preparedness, you know, um, becoming the creature. Absolutely. And some of my stuff is, is like, uh, you know, can't really breathe, can't really see. It's heavy, it's hot. Exactly, exactly. And you're spending hours in that makeup or costume, you know, during a shoot or, you know, um, in the chair getting, first of all, getting prepared to become that creature. And then, like for you, in a shoot, you're spending hours in that makeup, in that costume, sweating, working through the pain and the struggle and still trying to remain in in character Right. And producing those body movements that you have to do and maybe it hurts or maybe it's a little sweaty or, you know. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking of that, the, the most the most realistic creature suit thing I did where I made a bunch of money was uh, it was the DC Lottery Walking Dead scratch offs. And they had filmed the commercial um, with a zombie breaking through a door like you repeatedly talk about repeatedly repeated movements in the hot makeup, hot, heavy makeup with lights and cameras. For hours, you know, this is probably the 12th or 14th hour in. Um, and uh, the makeup was starting to fall off, and I they had all been able to stop and have dinner, and I couldn't eat because I was in the makeup. Um, yep, that, absolutely. That, yeah, that's out there, and it was amazing, and it, I and I took the whole next day to recover actually. Well, yeah, and you're pushing, you're pushing through that. You're like. I, you know, I've got to do this. I have to remain in this character and I've just got to like, it's almost like, you know, I just got to keep going. Yes. Yeah. I actually was dying and I was waiting for the makeup to fail and thank, thankfully it did. <laughs> well, I know sometimes it can take eight hours or more just to get whoever prepared for the creature role too. I mean, like absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah i mean it just i mean i don't really know what would it really take to make it eight hours except for you know having to do all the makeup get all the prosthetics i guess like assembled to your face or all the gory parts make the gore like if you're 
got bitten on the side of the face and stuff. I mean, it's, it can just take a long ass time. And, you know, then it's, some if people, it's eight hours, yeah, if it's, eight hours Paul, it's probably like a whole body thing, like Drax or something crazy, you know, some, you know, if you're just doing some facial prosthetics, it's two to three to four hours. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's not horrible, but yeah, I mean, the full body thing that already sounds horrible because you got to think if somebody stays in the chair for eight hours and then they got to shoot for the rest of the day. Oh man. I mean, just to maybe like you, Patrick, not get that one bite to eat. So this guy's probably thinking like you, like, Oh God, this stuff needs to just, just fall off already before I can like go home and eat or whatever. I mean, and then, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes a long crazy. day, you know, from yeah. beginning to end. And especially like, like Patrick, you, you I mean, you're not only, you're, you're not only building the creature, you are the creature and, and that's a long day, you know, from a plot application to, you know, going to do what, you know, the shoot or whatever it is you're doing, that's a long day. And it's very draining, you know, like, but pushing through that because of the love of what we're doing. It's absolutely. Crazy cat time. Crazy cat time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Lon, I mean, going back, Lon Chaney, you know, uh, he was, he was, he was the same thing. He was a makeup artist and also a creature actor, you know, in the hunchback in Notre Dame and, and, and things like that. I mean, and just the hours of, and, and, you know, to do that and to be physically and mentally prepared to do that sort of stuff. Absolutely. It's definitely a different thing. You know, I mean, I'm just a normal person too, but, uh, like I walked in the mayor's parade in my uh, one of my costumes, Krampus costume, and uh, we walked three miles, and that's made out of five Icelandic sheepskin pelts, two horsetails, and the horns are like three feet long, and it's eight foot tall, close to eight foot tall, <laughs> <clears throat> and it was sixty-five oh. degrees. Yeah, it was- yeah, that that sounds hot and sweaty. <laughs> Oh, I was about to die. Honestly, when we got to the end, it was crazy. I'll do it again next year, but I'll make better preparations with like, well, Camelback or something. Yeah, maybe some well, so you can at least breathe. I mean, I can breathe. It's just still can't breathe, if that makes right. any sense. I yeah. Can, it's my, I'm not blocked. It's just you get so hot and steamed and you're presenting the character in front of, you know, I swear there probably was 20,000 people or more um, watching us. And I put my old costume on a friend who's an author of Weird New Jersey, uh, Weird Pennsylvania, and Weird, uh, those weird books, you know. Uh, he And his, that, was, that one's not as hot. So he's picking up the slack where I'm slowing down. Um, so the next version will be lighter and a little different and a little designed a little better. Hmm. Well, I'm going you know, to, but- well, I was just going to say real quick to kind of, before I forget for my train of thought here, but Patrick, when you were talking about 
with that other question about talking about like your favorite or first or whatever, what was your favorite FX makeup that you did create today? It would have to be, as far as, I, I haven't done any makeups recently. It's mostly been fabrication. It would have to be this werewolf, um, but it's a, a variety of, of molding and casting and coloring paints. It's the same processes, uh, but it's not like a makeup, so to speak. It's more of a fabrication and, and then people fit the suit like armor over me. <laughs> so that's my favorite thing that I've, Built so far. If you want a makeup, a makeup that I've done recently. What have I done recently? I really haven't done any makeups recently. Um, it's all been um, masks. I, so I couldn't. I couldn't really say. I, oh, I know. Um, this was probably two years ago. We did a car commercial for Jerry's Mitsubishi, and um, we turned a bunch of people into that. That's most recent. It was just a simple. Uh, tissue paper and latex and grease paint thing but we've we got a lot of uh and i didn't even put myself in the commercial i put all my friends in it um and uh but i turned the contact into the to one of the main zombies and again i think lauren went on we got paid on that one lauren went with me on that one and uh so yeah I mean, that's one of the most recent makeups i did was just a simple zombie for a commercial but uh he looked really good, you know, amongst walking amongst those Mitsubishis. <laughs> nice, nice. And I'm sorry, Katie. What were you gonna say? I don't know. I got I got caught up in the Mitsubishi monster. I love that. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, just some zombies that we had done, but they turned out really good. You know, it was like three of us: uh, me, Katie, and then the main zombie. Uh, he did himself, but. It, the they they really looked good. Um, I kind of I kind of moved away from zombies and I've been doing more demon stuff. Right, I love though um, how it seems to be like one of the things um, that we all go back to is the the classics. You know, the classic Universal monsters. You know, you were saying like, you know, your first makeups were, you know, Frankenstein's monster and. Werewolves yeah. and yes, you know, because those I mean, are the those are the pivotal, you know, uh, times for like m you know makeup art and creatures and creature acting. Yes. Yeah, I would love to loop back and make a Frankenstein, a, a custom Frankenstein, and and uh, you know do a makeup application. But yeah, it's all, it's all those yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive work so far <laughs> from what I'm already hearing. It's, you have to love it, Paul. If you have to love it, if you don't oh, yeah. love it, don't do it because it's super oh, yeah. competitive. You know? Oh yeah, it's all about the passion. Totally. What was your least favorite FX makeup and what what did you not like about it? Hmm. Uh, I know we gotta make uh, you think of it. No, I know this one. Um we did some blue demons on a project that uh 
originally went, originally were turning out okay, and then we and then we couldn't afford to keep doing it that way, and then but we kept filming, and they and they got crappier and crappier, and then I had to be a blue demon, and then uh, the people who did me did a terrible job, and I looked horrible. Um, so if you if you ever I don't even know if it's still out there, but it's uh, how the West was dead, and it's some beautiful photographies, beautiful beautiful cinematography, but the makeup effects in there for the blue demons. Um, it's not the best. <laughs> I'm not super proud of the whole project. <laughs> uh, well, but that's that's part of the learning process, right? I mean, you know, you go, you do things, and you're like, you know, like I look back and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that, <laughs> or you know, and it's like, okay, just move and and make it better, and you know. Yes, absolutely. It is always the good thing. The learn the learning process of all of this, you know. Well, you know, I wasn't airbrushing then either. Yeah, I was I wasn't airbrushing then either on that project. Uh, so now now with airbrushing skills, it's a different it's a different ball game. And I know you're probably a better airbrusher than me. Uh, I don't know about the airbrushing. I love it. it it's it's super fantastic. Or I'm like, I just need to go back to regular. I mean, it really depends on what you're doing, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you're doing and, and how to do it. But airbrushing is so awesome. I love it. Airbrushing already sounds like the most difficult thing to probably learn just because I've seen some of those uh, videos where it looked like these guys are really being like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like it's almost like they got a stone face staring at whatever they're looking at while they're getting that right angle for the airbrush or something. So I've never used one, so I wouldn't even know what to expect for one of these things. But they look like they're crazy as hell to try to learn though. They are. And, you know, I mean, in airbrushing, sometimes, I mean, like, like I said, you can't just rely on airbrushing. I mean, you have to break it up with other things, you know. I mean, simple things like I've never thought I'd learn or use, I should say, not learn, but use that I learned was like, you know, you know, uh, spackling, basically, like that, you know, literally like taking the brush and throwing like some paint, you know, like, uh, Yep. To break up the other paint, you know, the airbrush paint, you know, you do the little spray and, you know, with your brush, you know, almost yeah. like that throwing paint thing. Yep. Yep. I learned that too, but I learned that uh, on, a whole, on a whole project. Jesus. Wow. Well, so, Patrick, what and are each project your... different. Yeah. 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 But um, what are some of your like uh, favorite items? Tom Savini, till I met him. Oh no, I love you, Tom Savini. Uh, you know Rick Baker. Jeez, uh, the Stan Winston stuff. It's it's uh oh Craig Nectaro. I mean it's all the names. You know anybody that anybody that knows anybody doing stuff is going to know the uh is going to have the same. 
but I like Rick Baker in particular because he's got more creature stuff and werewolf stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, and I, you know, or, uh, even the, Jim Henson, Jim Henson, you know, with the labyrinth work, the work for labyrinth and uh, all that stuff. All that stuff is what is what uh, has you know the eighties those eighties back to the eighties stuff. It's it's that that type of you know uh, what was it dust till dawn? Oh my gosh! You know, I love dust till dawn too. Oh man, dude, that's 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 uh that's the best. Yeah, it. I mean. I haven't seen, once again, I have not seen the Dr. Don TV show either, so I have no idea what has changed or made or whatever. Yeah, I had, I stopped watching that. It's not, you know, I definitely love From Dr. Dawn 1. It's, 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 that's one of the uh, projects that, you know, I'm sure even Katie and Tessa, all of us, that's one of those projects that, uh, we all love, you know, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. George Clooney. Yeah, I mean, there there's so many good, you know, I mean, when I think of every creature I've ever seen and, and or like, you know, really creature heavy movies and then like, you know, the really good ones that stick out is like that, you know, it's just it's just amazing it amazes me to see this these types of makeups and the people in these makeups you know um just having to be in the makeups do the makeups it's it's just it's just me there are so many good movies i mean and and going way back and and I think we all we all go in the wayback machine like because like how amazing was it especially in the eighties when it wasn't you know there there wasn't a lot of you know CGI stuff and there you know it it was all practical effects you know yeah uh, and you know way back you know thirties starting out all practical effects and just how amazing and how those creatures live with us still you know from the original. Gilman, you know, to the original werewolf, how those creatures still impact us to this day. Huh. I'm speechless. I know, it's heavy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually an interesting point that you bring up, Katie, because uh i'll skip to this question real quick just because of the fact that you um you mentioned you know the old monsters and stuff and how they stay with us and speaking of like practical effects is patrick what are your thoughts on today when it comes between practical effects versus the whole cgi bullshit well there's a place for everything and everything in its place. Um, I, I know a lot of people like for Avatar, for instance, don't like Avatar because it's such heavy use. I love Avatar. I love the story. I love everything about it. Um, I know I'll, I have talked to a few folks um, and seen things where 
um, makeups are interacted with green screens so that they can erase part of a person's face or something. Um, so then there, there's makeups that include both. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, and there might be something like that happening and potentially in one of these future projects that I'm thinking of that I've been that I'm that I've been told we're going to work on and I've been told I've been considered. So we'll see how things work out. Um, I mean, you even think of creature actors like Andy Serkis in Lord of the Rings who played Gollum. That was a CGI performance capture, you know, um, which was still amazing and really brought that character to life. Even though Gollum was CGI, if it wasn't for Andy's acting in that, yes. in you know, it would never have been what it was. Not, no, absolutely. And you guys, I'm sure we all love that. We all love Lord of the Rings too, I'm sure. But um, when he, when Gollum is arguing with himself, it's I get emotional. And then he wins, you know. You know, you know what I'm talking about? He's like, uh, uh yep. he goes away and he never comes back. Uh, <laughs> and it's, oh my gosh, it's so so beautiful. It is. It is. So I think, I think you're, I mean, it is absolutely, you know, sometimes there is a marriage, you know, between, you know, practical and CGI, um, which is really great. And, you know, because there was a time that I feel we got out of the practical and we went, you know, CGI too much. And now it's That's really a marriage between the both. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's way more expensive to create, uh, you know, practical effects than it is CGI. So, uh, as long as as long as people like you know, like Fright Night, for instance. Oh my gosh, Fright Night. Who, who doesn't love Fright Night? 1985, um, The Howling, stuff like that. But uh, the practical effects cost more. So if you use the to me, if you use the CG to, to get to gain something that you can't do practically, or to do something to where there's a benefit, you don't use it sparingly enough for for something that doesn't get over overused, then I'm for it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Your Krampus is very impressive. How long did it take you to mold and assemble it? Oh geez, um, I I would say that probably took a year and a half. Uh, it was it was over a period of time because I because when I start sculpting, I a lot of times I don't know exactly what I'm going to sculpt. So the mold, so the sculpt itself takes you know a couple months to where it refines and tells me what it is. Um, and uh, then, then from the uh, sculpting process, it's the molding. What are you doing, cat? I have a cat in front of me. Sorry, I'm climbing on my keyboard here. Hi, oh, buddy. Um, and then the molding, and then, and then it was, and then it, when it came time after the molding to have it ready, I think I was like two weeks, two or three weeks out from what, what they call Krampusloft, where or like two. You know, in D.C., it's a couple thousand people. In Baltimore, it's two, three hundred people. We all don crazy costumes. Here, get down, cat. Sorry. 
and just drink beers and run through the city jing- jingling bells and tormenting people. So I had to finish the. Uh, it came it came close, but at the last two weeks, I had was I was crunched for time, and uh, I was working like whenever I wasn't working, I was waking up doing a little doing a step that had to dry, and then I would and then I would uh, do another step, and then I would add a piece of hair, and then I would paint it one layer uh, because you know you use three or four different colors of paint. Um, to get depth, you know, so you do it, you let it dry, and then you dry brush, and you do different layers. So that takes time, and I made horns over that year's period because the horns are, um, it's basically ceiling grid wire with bubble wrap and masking tape, and that's what the horns are. So, you know, um, and then I got stuck making the uh, the uh, the suit, which is sheepskin pelts, and my girlfriend, I love Gina, hello, she'll hear this, I think. Um, Help me finish the suit, so we were able to make it make it with one of the most coolest costumes. I mean, the DC one. There are some people that have some impressive things. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and the Baltimore one, mine is obviously the craziest. But uh, even in DC, mine is still craziest. But there's other crazy nice. But yeah, it's about a year and a half. Um, it's a whole bunch of different processes, uh, and it was very expensive. I, I, mm-hmm. like, like I said, uh-huh. compulsion. I can't stop myself. <laughs> for sure. I hear you on those aspects, for real. Like, it's it's expensive, it's time-consuming, but it's the love of doing it. Yeah, and to see that real fur, which the fur was, uh, I think it's like $1,200 in fur, um, which the next one will be much about on an eight that. foot on an eight foot Krampus. Yes, these are ice authentic. It's five. It's five authentic Icelandic sheepskin pelts that were about one hundred eighty dollars a piece, and two horsetails, thirty six inch horsetails that were fifty five dollars a piece. So that's what gives it the authentic flow. Uh, but the next version I, I, I have I have planned will be uh, a few hundred dollars less, and it'll be breathable and lightweight, and still look as good. So yeah, uh, you have to you have to invest in these things to get to build the uh, crazy stuff that people will remember. Yeah, absolutely. That is one expensive Krampus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean that's just the that's just the uh that's not including making it. That has nothing to do with I've I've got uh leather, other bits of leather for the straps and uh there's a warbler uh under under skeleton and you know there's other components. Speaking of your eight foot Krampus, what were some of the difficulties that you had in making it? You know what? It's. It, I would say that the most difficult thing is just to be able to find the time and the money. Uh, for me, anyway, the, the mold gets kind of heavy. If you talk about a physical difficulty, when you make the mold from the clay and, and then pulling the bust out and trying to clean the clay, that 
clean the clay out of the mold and then you know you're then you're putting the latex back in the mold and you got to roll the mold so the latex is even and it, and it dries distributed and so that's physical you know you've got a 50 pound mold um it just depends on what what you mean when it's difficult you know just getting yours after you've done it for so long you get tired of looking at it and you get angry and you're like why the fucking why am i doing this you know uh, just making yourself do it until it's finished. That that in alone is a difficulty. I don't know, Katie. Do you you experience that when you when you work something for so long that you just got tired of it? You just want it done. That type of thing. Absolutely. Oh yes. I when you you were saying these words, I was like, I feel this pain right now. <laughs> and I yeah, absolutely. It is. It's it's pushing yourself again through that and. It's hard. It's hard because it's all a lot of work. Yeah. That is, yeah. I have no words right now because what you just said is like resonating with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a project I have to finish. I need to, you know, <laughs> I need to do that. I need to push myself through it. <laughs> We know what makes it a little easier is having like five or six at once. And uh, and then you can put one down and start something else. And then when you get bored with that, pick it up and put something else. You know, that's how I kind of deal with it is having a few that I work on concurrently. Oh, nice. Nice. I, li- I like that. I, I, you know, some, yeah. I have two. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Now, Patrick, from looking at the IMDb of yours, I've noticed that you perform as creatures more than actual people. Now, is that because you'd rather portray monsters, or is it just a preference that you would, that, or is it just a pre- uh, preference that way that you would rather be a creature versus an actual human being? Well, the short answer is I'm a terrible actor, Paul, and uh, so it's really easy to play monsters. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yes, I'm serious. I was going to say, uh, no, it's not easy to play monsters. <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest. I think it's partially because you, if you're on IMDb, you see what I look like. And uh, I'm six foot seven with no shoes on, and I'm 240 pounds. So... I'm I'm going to get typecast. You know what I mean? And it's better to... So. What's that? I said I think so. I think I know what you mean. Well, I'm not going to get cast as the friendly father type who's afraid the burglar's going to break into his house. Oh, right, right. You know, I'm not going to get cast at, in a car commercial. I have too distinctive a look and I'm too large. I, I, I actually had other opportunities in the past where I wound up being too tall. Really? Um, yeah, they liked my look, but and I was I was given opportunity. I was given you know you you do auditions and then you get callbacks and things like that. Um, but I wound up being too tall. I still had some pretty wonderful opportunities, you know, being as tall as I am. But oh, I think yeah. I think it has, it has its limitations, you know, as far as being an actor and showing my face and and maybe maybe that's I'm creating those limitations for myself. 
uh, I know uh, the gentleman, the little person from Game of Thrones, I can't think of his name right now, but he, he said, I'm not going to do little person roles. And, and then, he, then he did because he succeeded as not little person roles. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe I'm just limited, but I make, I, I make, my, I make my living as, as a consultant. And th this, is, this is a hobby, but it's a professional hobby. Um, so maybe I just need to refocus how I look at it. And, uh, but, but really, it's about, it really goes back to I do it for the effects. I do it for the monster. I do it to present things that I haven't seen. Um, but I wasn't Bill Tillman and the Outlaws as, my, as a, just a giant kind of a slow guy where it wasn't just me. I let my beard and my hair grow out for like six months. Hmm. So I have done things where, where it's just a person. It's not that I haven't. It's just um, I, ch I, ch I typically chase the crazy things. The, the, the creature acting, yeah, you know, and 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 that's that's so important too. Like you know, I mean, I, I just think of all the creature actors, you know. I mean, and how important they they play a part i mean look at kane hotter in friday the 13th you know jason super big guy and just i mean you couldn't have had anybody else do you know do these things like where their physical acting is so is the thing you know like you can have actors that say lines and do this and do that but the physical acting sometimes, you know, is, it's a specialty. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was pretty amazed when Kane was going to be doing the uh, stunts and stuff for the Friday the 13th game that came out last year. And, you know, seeing the behind-the-scenes photos and some of the behind-the-scenes videos that Kane Hodder did for that game is just so impressive, especially when he had to, you know, be Jason to break through the, the uh, you know, the fake wall. But that was even, like, awesome to watch. And, you know, kind of like what Patrick said, like, just trying to be the creature where – you don't want to walk like a human in something, but I mean, in this case, sometimes you just got to maybe look like you're human just so you don't also hurt yourself when doing the stunt as well, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so they had Kane do that for the video game because, I mean, he was like the Jason, you know, he has the stance, you know, the stance. It's all about your gestures and your persona even if you don't even have a line you know it's how are you how is that body being presented i mean right patrick yeah so they, how they tell presenting? me they're you're telling me they did motion capture with actual cane hotter for the actual video game i'm gonna have to google that uh that's that's pretty i think they cool. did yeah i think it was motion capture too. that's that's pretty cool yeah I'm sorry, Katie. I was still on the last thought. 
Oh, that's okay. Well, no, they do that with a lot of video games now. Like, I think they did that with some of the Walking Dead video games, like, you know, with with some of the, the cast from that. I want to say Norman, maybe? Yeah, Norman is going to um, be gonna be uh, playing a main protagonist for an upcoming video game called Death Stranding. So, oh, really? Oh, wow. yeah. And this game looks... I, I, I don't even know how else to say this, but it looks fucking creepy. There, I said it. It's just so messed up in the head that it's Kojima, too. So, get... So if you put Kojima with it too, it's just like this is already so weird. Like the last thing that Tessa and I saw of this game for Death Stranding with Norman Reedus, uh, had something involving a invisible enemy, where Norman Reedus had a baby. Uh, I'm trying did to. Norman Reedus have the baby, Wait, or did I was he have? Say, didn't he just re- recently have a baby anyway? <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm talking in the game. Like, right, right. No, I'm joking. But yes, that is true. I think he did have a baby too. (laughs) How ironic. Uh, There's the irony right there, I think. And no, but, uh, oh man, he would, no, but in the game, there's a, uh, do you remember, was it on his back or in the front of him? It was really weird. Like, it was, it was inside of, was he in a suit? He was in a suit, right? Yeah, he had he to was, be in a it suit. It was like an a lantern type of thing, or like a like a sphere of some kind, and he he had it like on his hip or something. Yeah, it I, it's weird. so it's so screwed up. Like I would recommend anybody who hasn't seen the trailer to just go on YouTube and look up Death Stranding, and you'll find it. I know you will, but I will it, have to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really just creepy and it's really weird because there was another interview with Kojima where they were trying to ask him what is this game even and Kojima said something on like quote I don't know (laughs) so 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 there you go again with the like the whole creature acting or or you know is like you know the body movements they use it in video games they use it in you know, CGI, they use it in practical effects. It's like your your gestures, your movements are so pivotal to bringing those things to life. Exactly. You know? So yep. pass off Patrick for sure, because I don't think I could be in an eight-foot Krampus costume. <laughs> That's oh, a lot wow. of work. Yes, it's very rewarding, though. You feel good afterwards. I look back, you know, and I see the video of the things I've done. Really, I, I do these things so when I'm 80 and I can't walk anymore, I'll be like, holy shit, I did a life full of things and made monsters. And, and uh, you know, I'm almost, well, I won't say. I'm getting older. I'm much it. older That's than awesome. people think, you know. That's, that's and awesome. I think that's incredible. I love it. You do it for you. You do it for your passion, just as I do. And it's like, yeah, even if I don't remember the scrapbooks or whatever, like, we did it. It's been fantastic. We did awesome. do it. We did it. We're doing it. We're doing it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, 
uh, but real quick, Patrick, uh, where is this Krampus even from, anyway? Well, I mean, it's a Norwegian legend, predates Christianity. Uh, gosh, it's, uh, I don't even know. My girlfriend knows more about it. it it's, it's, it's like the, the Yule Lord. He's, he's really kind. It's been, it, this story has been uh, usurped and twisted by uh, different things. It's a pagan thing. Um, but basically, it's, it's, if you go by what's being told now, it's St. Nick's uh, compadre on a chain that kind of punishes the bad kids. You want to keep it simple. Right. And St. Nick, Nick controls him. You know, Saint Nick controls him, huh? Oh, that's a new one. Well, I mean, that's what—that's kind of uh, the mythos. Uh, if you watch the movies, they've—they've they've taken their own spin on the story. Um, you know, we have our own spin on our take on who he is and what he, why he's present, and what he's doing. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it's. If you go to look in the Netherlands and things like that, they go around December 5th with a St. Nick character and multiple Krampus and and go house to house. And the St. Nick is the kind one and the Krampus punishes the bad kids. Well, and I think in some stories, there's actually seven, like, like Santa's helpers, I guess you could say. In one of the stories I heard, like so, there's not only Krampus and Saint Nick. There's like four other ones, or maybe three other ones. I can't remember. Oh, there's Bells Nichols. I mean, I don't even know. There's a whole ton of various, you know, old school, traditional, creepy Christmas characters. You know, we're actually exploring them. Uh, we. I was gonna say we need to bring them all back. Schnabel Perchin. Look up Schnabel Perchin. There were a bunch of those at the Krampus Loft uh, this year. And Gina actually um, went live. We had a GoPro attached to the staff, and she went live for the for the two three miles of the uh, Krampus Loft. Which that staff was amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's still put together. It, it's uh, it's it's a what is it? A coyote skull with um. Deer antlers, and then and then some other Christmassy looking boot doodads, and a GoPro. Yeah, we met, and she and she would hold it up on her belt and film. It's all out there. I'm going to edit something soon. I just I've been editing other things and haven't had time to fiddle with that. I need a personal editor. So you mentioned your werewolf <laughs> at the beginning. Um, so let's go back to that. When you were creating okay. the werewolf, you went through like three different processes. Can you describe the building of your werewolf? Sure. Um, well, we, we designed and built the werewolf to match the Krampus outfit. And the werewolf was totally designed for the Theater of Terror's project called Endangered. And um, so I had a little help financially when I went to build that. Um, the initial sculpts, I couldn't see it. So I was the initial uh, trying to figure out what the wolf looked like. It was terrible. And then, so that phase was horrible. Um, and then once I got into the, uh, okay, I found it and I started dialing it in. 
I was happy. And then, and then it was like, I think it was 110 degrees, uh, when I went into the molding phase, it was at least 105 and I'm not kidding. Um, so I'm in that, I'm in that type of work and I'm out on my dad's driveway and, uh, I'm molding the top half and it was hot and I was stressed and the uh, snout broke. So right there, I caused myself another problem was I broke the snout off of the top half of the werewolf mold. Um, so I had to, I had to, I think I used uh, uh, liquid nails and I glued it back on and you have to do some, some fixing of the seam, but it turned out okay. Uh, and that's part, that's the third phase that right there was, um, you know, pouring the latex, getting it prepared and then applying the uh, hair, which it had, we actually purchased another sheepskin pelt for the werewolf's head. So there was another $180, but that actually was paid for by Thomas Ryan. I love you, brother. I'll see you this weekend or last weekend when I don't know when this will air January 12th. Um, this was specifically made for the theater of terrors uh, endangered and uh so and i had a limited time on this one um so it really became crunch time because they they had a million dollar cabin secured on um the pine barrens in new jersey's eastern shore and it was crews and everybody waiting making sure this thing was going to be ready and i and up to the day i was putting finishing touches dialing it in dialing in the fur uh, putting a little paint spots on it, um, you know, that, so that third phase of finishing it and making it ready for film came, uh, and I was working pretty steady during that time too. So I was, so I was, um, you know, like working for two hours on this and then going to work for eight hours and then coming home and working for four hours and then sleeping for six hours. And, uh, it was really a labor of love just to get it ready. Uh, on my word for Thomas, just so that, you know, we weren't screwed. And, and I, that's the other thing is I really like, I like to look good. You know, I like the makeups to look cool and be something memorable. So, uh, you know, that third phase was rough and, and it looks good and everybody's happy. And I get to see that this weekend and DVDs and Blu-rays are available on theaterofterror.net. <laughs> There's a plug. There. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> But um, no, it was really cool to see like photos where I think there was one you had that showed like the uh, the clay to form the face and stuff, and then I saw it like with uh, like a green screen that went ended up on the computer, which you saw the werewolf on the computer screen, and then from there you actually saw. The, I'm, uh, I'll say for lack of word in here is like kind of like the final piece, I guess, where you actually saw, I'm assuming the, like the clay with the fur. So, yeah. 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 I, I was I, initially, I was working off, um, an artist I had found Christopher Scalf, I believe it is an artist I had found online and I was working kind of inspiration from his work. And, uh, and then I found, and then I just, uh, found it and, uh, it was, it's, it's a, it's a, it was a process. Let me tell you the, the jaw, I mean, everything we explained for the head, the jaw was a complete separate build. 
a separate scalp, separate molding process, separate laying of the hair. It was crazy. <laughs> it already sounds crazy. I don't even, honestly, Paul and Tessa and Katie, I get to doing these things and it might be in the middle of the night. I'll wake up in a fever and, and I'll come out here and, and uh, make stuff. And I, and I, and then I'll go back to sleep and then I, it's really, it's times I, it's, it's both I a love. <laughs> yeah. It's both a love affair and, it, and, and, uh, yeah. And a nightmare <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it keeps you up at night, you know, sometimes. Especially the mind. Especially the creative mind. mind doesn't, doesn't really rest. No, no, it does not. Sometimes it does not know how to shut off, if at all. <laughs> Absolutely. You are going to build this until it is finished. And you are not getting one brownie until it is finished. Dude, I've heard that voice. <laughs> <laughs> you will finish this. You will do it. <laughs> Come hell or high water. Exactly. Do the project now. <laughs> Do it now. Or in our, or in our case, snow and ice and whatever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We're like mailmen, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> rain, sleet, snow—it doesn't matter. It's getting done. Absolutely. I need to go out and shovel, though. Uh, I guess I can do this first. <laughs> Oh, hey, my girlfriend and I, we whenever we look forward to it stone because we always take the suit out into the snow and just even film with the cell phone. Just running the cramp is running through the snow and we'll we'll remember that, you know. Just nice. crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. I mean, because Krampus should be running through the snow. I'm gonna send right? it your way. Right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, this this year, if we get around to it, we'll add a kill to the end of that. Hmm. Well, that would be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, I want to see what the A4 guy can do. Yeah, already Krampus. Right? Right? Yeah, well, this Krampus does know children. He kills adults who have been misbehaved as well. Hmm. Good okay. Krampus. Good Krampus. Right. I mean, yeah. He's, I guess like Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Right. I I think sometimes adults are 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 worse than children. So, agree. Kudos. Yes. Always. Well, well, there is some. There is a Krampus movie where the, he doesn't go just after the children. He goes after the parents too. So that is true. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, I think we're all guilty some way, one way or another anyway. So I think it's always cool to see, to have that idea that Krampus just doesn't go after the naughty children. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just pretty sweet. And and the movie I'm kind of referencing is the 2015 one by uh, Michael Daltrey, that Krampus one. I freaking love that movie. 
Was that the yeah. one with the several different stories like interweaved into yeah. it? Correct. Or no, no, no. That was the Christmas horror story. Christmas oh, horror. you're right. You're right. Yep. Oh, you're talking about the one with the grandma. Yes, I'm talking the one with the grandma. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then for the one that Katie's talking about is the Christmas horror story where there's like four or five stories going on at one. But they all tie in one way or another. Yes. So, yeah, props on that. But, uh... Hey, I want, I want my parents to kill things. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of... <laughs> And speaking of which, uh, Patrick, when it comes to, like, acting and stuff, and speaking of Krampus, like, you performing Krampus, is what are some other things that you would love to act as, if given the chance? Oh, I would love to do an alien. Other than, I mean, I've just done Abducted with Theater of Terror, and that was amazing. But I would love to do a big-budget, you know, Hollywood alien. Um, I'm going back to the gym this year and, uh, you know, work on my cardio a little bit. Um, but I would love to be on, you know, on like something like Vikings, play one of those type of characters, or if we're still talking about preachers, you know, I understand they're going to come back and shoot a bunch of universal monster movies. I would love to do something like that. Um, personally, I'm going to, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and I don't know if, uh, if the rat is the official uh, mascot of the city, but it should be. Um, next, personally, I want to create sort of a rat, uh, animatronic rat, silicone rat head, and portray myself as a rat in, in like a 1920s uh, businessman suit. Uh, Gene and I thought about that and talked about it. And we don't know what that means yet, but he's got a monocle and a top hat and... Uh, their servos and stuff under the silicone. So I'm, I, as an actor, uh, you know, there, it's hard to say. I, you don't really make a living as an actor. You know, it's, ta it's tax time, and I've been reviewing how much it's cost me to be an actor. Now, mind you, it's been priceless, right? My experiences have been priceless. But actual calling yourself an actor and um, doesn't very pay very well, you know? I've actually spent more money being an actor this year than I've earned being than I've earned as an actor, but the experiences have been priceless. So that that keeps me from really saying, "Hey, I'm going to be an actor." You know, am I going to be a doctor on a soap opera or something like that? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Crazy. Crazy. But then again, like. You're right. I mean, I know a lot of people think when they hear the word actor, they think, oh, I'm going to get rich and famous. No, 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 no. And, you know, we all start small, just like I did. And it's the only thing that I did so far, have done, I should say. And, you know, I don't call myself an actor. I just say that I help performed in it, I guess. I, I mean, I guess every now and then I'll say I acted as a cameraman, but we all know what happened to cameraman in found footage. And that's usually how I look at it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, 
So that's that's actually Patrick. How me and Katie went through that for the same project because she was um, she acted in the second story and um, she came on board for our story because her daughter was in it and she was also doing the makeup for us and stuff like that. So it was really it was a really cool experience, wasn't it, Katie? Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, it was crazy. You know, like, you know, Patrick, you, you know, you said, you know, kind of jack of all trades. We're, we're behind the camera. We're in front of the camera. We're creating. We're, we're, we're all doing all these different roles. And it's, you know, it's a fantastic love affair with the business. Well, that's true, too. And I took a couple of classes this year um, where and I'm going to write all that off on my taxes. But uh, um. I took a couple classes and they tell you where you can, you're not just an actor. You have to have multiple, you have to be special effects artist. You have to be a production assistant. You have to be so that you can move from that one contract gig to the next and be able to, you know, keep seeking that next opportunity to be able to do that full time. Well, and I think in life, that's always a good thing, you know, like never stop learning, you know, keep pushing yourself to, do different things and try different things. And I, I think that's a fantastic way to go about life is just to never stop learning and just continually grow. You know, don't be put in a box, you know. Like you said, I'm not just an actor. I'm not just this. I'm not just that. I can I can fill any kind of role as best way I can. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and her and her daughter did a fantastic job. Sweet, I have to see the project. Yeah, well, I'll I'll share yeah, with you, well, but uh, you know it's so funny because now she has so much as your mother influenced you. Like I have influenced my daughter in the same way. So your story really struck a chord with me. Um you know, of, of that, like, cause she loves makeup and she loves cosplay and she loves dressing up and she loves this and that. So, so your story of your mother, like, was like, (laughs) Hey, and this was 30 years ago or fuck. Far. I was 40, 40, you know, 38 years ago. Uh, yeah, and I took yeah, my daughter to her first uh, convention, and uh, she did a cosplay of the little uh, teddy bear girl from The Walking Dead, and she ate it up. She Love. loved it. She was totally in character. She was like, I was like, Mems, come on. We got to hurry. We got to hurry. We got to get here. We got to get there. And she's like, Mom, I'm walking like a zombie. I Like, I'm in character. Leave me alone. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, conventions are really a good place to get some exposure and to, to network a little bit and to practice your craft. I agree. I agree. You cut out on me, Tessa. What was it? I said, is there any upcoming project that you can share? Oh, oh, um... <clears throat> 
Well, definitely, it's it's upcoming for release would be Bill Tillman and the Outlaws, which uh, is a wow. Bill Tillman and the Outlaws. It's it's hard to frame it. It's 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 coming in February. It's a com. I guess it's a comedy drama action uh, cowboy film that we filmed in West Virginia. And uh, man, I got to work with Johnny Alonzo. Got to work with Lana Wood. I got to work with Robert. Carradine and host Johnny Crawford and Darby Hinton. Oh my gosh, Ken Arnold and so many other folks on that one. Um, you can see me riding in a 102 year old Model T through a like a like a hundred acre field with Lana Wood in that one. I'm not going to give any of the story away. You'll have to somehow catch it. Uh, Buy the DVD or something, and it'll premiere in March, uh, West Virginia, in February seventh, I believe. Um, but yeah, Bill Tillman and the Outlaws, and then and then there's uh, I've heard rumors of Territory Three, but so far that's just rumors. Um, other than that, uh, there's that's some big things right now. Just the Theater of Terror is coming up for release, and uh, Bill Tillman and the Outlaws. Uh, that's one on Dwarf Productions. Wayne Shipley and his amazing group of folks will be sometime in February. Um, other than that, I haven't really nothing really planned uh, other than my own project, which is kind of on hold right now. Don't open until Krampus, um, which is kind of a pet project that uh, we started a few years ago, which which may become something someday. Uh, other than that, no, there's nothing nothing on the horizon. I need to do some due diligence and send out some uh, casting notices and things like that to see who I can get involved with. I'd love to have an agent. If you know of any agents, I feel like I'm talented enough. Send me an agent. Send them your way. Please. Before I get to the last question, um, Katie, is there anything that you would like to ask Patrick that we haven't? Hmm. Jeez. I, you know, I, I really, I think I've asked them all. Um, just Patrick, you're amazing. Your creature design, I, I guess as a final thought, you know, your creature designing, your creature acting is just is just amazing and you know uh you influence me and um you know um i thank you for that when i you know when i see you doing a project i'm like that's so amazing and 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 it's wonderful and you know just best of luck and i and i love it and keep it going cuz you're inspiring me so that's kind of all I have to say. I don't think I have any more questions. Nice. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, thank you. I've, uh, I appreciate that. And I, I've been thinking about that lately. Uh, so not just you, but others. And I, and I appreciate that. Because there's folks who inspire me. And, and uh, it's great to be inspired and be inspiring. And sometimes we need that. And it's cool to watch other artists and be inspired too, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
you know, and I love, you know, I love that, you know, I can, I can contact you and be like, Hey, help me out. Or, you know, what do you think about this? And like, again, you know, going back to that networking thing is just super important, you know, to, to my heart and stuff. So, Aw. Aw. I love Aww. you. <laughs> the, mo- the moment of mush. The mo- mush moment. <laughs> okay, so well, my- you know, I mean, we we have to stay together. We I mean, we're all family, you know. You know, it, our passions uh, all connect, and so being part of this family is is super important and super spectacular. Totally. So my final question for you, Patrick, is what would be your advice for people wanting to start in FX makeup? Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, first of all, honestly, Think about it. There are a lot of people that that are interested in it. It's very competitive. Uh, Initially, expect to spend a lot more money to learn. Um, You know, YouTube is great. It really is. YouTube YouTube techniques have to do different things. It really is kind of cool. Some things are better than others. Uh, There's classes. Uh, Conventions are a great place to kind of present your work for free and uh, network with independent filmmakers, um, you know, other than that, make sure you have a real job. That, that would be, uh, the best advice, you know, have your special effects interests and passions and, uh, definitely chase your dreams, but also have, you know, your, a, your, a plan where, uh, you know, you're, you're, I don't, your day job. I don't have a day job, but I've had in the past. I'm I've kind of, I'm kind of a senior member own my own company now, independent. So um, I'm flexible, but but I I did have many jobs for a long long time um, where I wasn't as flexible. So just follow your dreams and practice, practice, practice. Yes. Yes, absolutely and you, agreed. And if you practiced. Guess what? Practice again. And again. Again. And again. Again. And again. And buy good materials. That was one thing people used to laugh at me about. I, I, I would spend, you know, when I did that first makeup we talked about when I met Bruce Campbell, um, you know, the prosthetic was 75 bucks. The contacts were like 300 bucks. And the makeups were another you know, 80 bucks because I was using Ben 9 or Graftobian grease paints and good stuff, you know. So that was, you know, almost 20 years ago and I, and I was doing, uh, it really looked good. Bruce Campbell said that you scare me on, on his signature of the picture of us. Um, so so you, you have to invest to do things right is my point in that. So expect to be able to spend your own money to become a makeup artist. That is pretty good advice, I will say, for sure. And 
Now that I'm thinking about it, Patrick, is there any type of specific material that you would recommend? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to pull off. But if you know, if you're just if you're trying to do something professional and have it done well, you're not going to want to go to Party City or you know Spirits Halloween. You you're going to go online and you're going to get some Graftobian products or Ben Nye. I mean, I don't want to. I don't really stand. You know, I don't get paid for any uh, marketing or anything like that. But you're going to want to get something of quality. You don't want to skimp on products you're putting around your eyes or near your mouth or in your ears. I agree. You know, don't, don't, and it's just a matter of safety. If you're working on someone other than yourself or you're working with a new product that you haven't tested on yourself before, um, different glues or different latexes, like some latexes are more caustic than others. Uh, Some glues are more caustic than others. Some people's skin's more sensitive than others. You're always going to want to try out something on your hand first, you know. Um, to make sure that you don't have a reaction or the or the uh, person that you're applying the makeup to doesn't have a reaction. And I know some of that cheaper stuff, if it's sitting around for a while, it's not as good. You're going to want to spend a little bit more and get something a little more quality. Uh, that's just for safety precautions so you don't blind anyone or give every, anyone a rash or anything along those lines. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with that too. But on that note, uh, Katie, Patrick, thank you both for uh, joining. Well, and Katie, thank you for helping when you could too. I mean, it was definitely great to have another person who knows a little bit more FX too than Tessa and I. So it kind of helped for sure. Sure. Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Hey, and Paul, thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you, Patrick. Thank you, Tessa. You too. Yeah. And um well, thank you guys as well. You know, it's uh as always a good time. It's it's been a lot of fun. Definitely. And uh Patrick, for those for those listening, if they wanted to try to find you to keep up with everything Patrick Boyer is doing, where can people find you? Or at least find some cool information on updates of projects that you are doing bone man dot tv bone man dot tv there you go everybody and yep. uh bone yeah, man bone man yeah don't do what patrick first did when he was trying to show me the site he tried to send me bone ma tv and i was like uh what and he's like, I meant Bone Man. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, so, that works better. Yes. And, um, yeah, so once again, Patrick, thank you. And then for Katie, um, where can people find the After Midnight effects? Katie, still there? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah, after after midnight effects on Facebook. Nice. Nice. No Instagram yet. No, not yet. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, so, so go on Facebook and type in After Midnight FX and After Midnight is one word, right? Correct. Sweet. Well, I found it. <laughs> Patrick found Wait, it. So you thanks, can Patrick. Right. <laughs> if Patrick found it, you can too. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this uh, second episode of the year. And I, it's already weird to say that already. Second episode of the new year. And, but, you know, once again, Katie, thank you for suggesting your your friend here, Patrick. And, uh, you know, Patrick, once again, from Tessa and I, thank you for your time. I mean, it was definitely a pleasure. And just so you know that if there's ever any type of project or anything that you feel like you want to talk about, you're more than welcome to jump on board the uh, podcast train and speak your mind and everything else with us again so yeah welcome oh, man i appreciate that paul appreciate that yes and katie Every same with you <laughs> thank you and thank you tessa and paul it's always like i said it's always a pleasure agreed and it's agreed. always a pleasure always to talk pleasure. with you guys and on that note babe like we always tell everybody that is listening we like you all to Stay scary. <laughs>